Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, I hope you're having a great summer. It's almost July, which where has June gone? Tomorrow's actually my anniversary with my man, and so it's a fun day for us. Today's show is super special because my friend Sophie Hudson joins me, and we recap our recent trip to Kenya. We traveled at the beginning of June with Compassion International, and we were able to see up close and personal all that they are doing through local churches to end poverty in the name of Jesus. Aaron and I have sponsored children through Compassion for over 10 years, and seeing the work that they're doing with my own eyes was sincerely life-giving. After listening to the show, if you guys think you might want to be a part of what Compassion's doing and sponsor a child, I encourage you to go check out compassion.com slash happy hour. Even if you're just wanting more information, it's a great resource to what they've got going on all over the world. So compassion.com slash happy hour. On today's show, we talk about our trip. Sophie shares about the worst car ride of her entire life, which I was with her, so I get it. The way that Kenya is so beyond beautiful. We both share about meeting our sponsored kids while in Kenya. Sophie has a new book releasing soon, and I may or may not have peed in my pants recently. And yes, we did happen to talk about that. Guys, I'm so happy that you're listening today. If you have thoughts about this show, come find me over Instagram. My handle is at Jamie Ivy. Let me know what you think. I love to hear what you love in the shows, what sticks out, what your favorite part of the shows are. It's really, really, really fun to hear about that. Guys, at the end of today's show, Shauna Shanks will be joining me to talk about her upcoming book, A Fierce Love, which is the July book club read for the Happy Hour Summer Book Club. If you want more information or you want to join in on the fun, it is super easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash book club. And all of the information is right there with you. Guys, last thing, I want to ask a favor. If you're loving the show, would you mind leaving us a comment or a review or a rating over on iTunes? It's super easy to find it. jamieivy.com slash iTunes. What that does, it doesn't just make us here at the happy hour happy, but it actually allows more people to be able to find the show. So we'd love a great review, a great rating. jamieivy.com slash iTunes. Okay, guys, here is my conversation with Sophie all about our time in Kenya plus her book, plus some other fun things in there as well. Maybe a Squatty Potty conversation or two. I don't know. Here we go. Hey, Sophie, welcome back again to the happy hour. Hey, Jamie, Ivy, what's going on? Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And I just spent a lot of time with you. So I feel like we're just like having a regular phone call catching up after being together in Kenya for a week. We spent some quality time together in Kenya. I always say whenever you spend time with people in like a non quote unquote normal for you environment, it kind of brings you together. It does. You see (laughs) all of each other's vulnerabilities under a spotlight, (laughs) magnified. Like it's it's good times. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I want to talk about our trip, but I want to tell everyone this is your third time on. You were here forever ago on number 54, and this is episode number 146. So- 
That's a lot of episodes. Almost a hundred episodes ago, you were here. That is a lot of episodes. I, I just know. want to point out that Melanie and I have done half that many, and in, it's been a, double the time <laughs> over a real significant span of years. You guys have been—you're the leader in the podcast industry. You've been here longer than any other of us women have I, been around. I've been, I, <laughs> hey, I've been so careful about throwing that word "leader" around. I've said this every time you and Melanie are on. I remember one of my thoughts, and I'll say it again. I remember listening to you guys, and I was thinking, I can do this too. Like, (laughs) listen to them. I can do this. Yes. Anybody, anybody can do what Melanie and I do, for sure. Oh, my gosh. You do something different. You have a whole different deal going on. Yeah. It's so good. I just bring different people. We get to sit in with you and Melanie's conversation whenever we listen, which I was listening to y'all right before we left to go to Kenya, whatever show that was that aired, and you were talking about packing, and it was like, oh, yeah, I should think about this. You gave me my packing list, but you also told the story about how you thought you saw someone famous at a baseball game, and I was dying laughing. Who was it that you thought you saw? Okay, I thought I saw Gerald McCraney, who was on Designing Women a long, long time ago, and then he has been on This Is Us this He's the doctor, right? He's the doctor, and Uh I, I was so convinced. I was so convinced it was him, and I was having like a whole like I felt called to affirm and encourage him. <laughs> I felt like he needed to know how much his creativity had meant to me in this last year. Anyway, and so I actually walked up to the man, which is so not my personality. Like I actually walked up to him and started a conversation. And as soon as he said something back to me, I was like, oh, that is not Gerald McCray. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who this is. But at that point, I was all in. Did you tell and him what was going on? I just said like, I, I never let on like, hey, I really thought you were Joe McCraney. Okay. And I, no, I just sort of played it off like, gosh, do you know that you look a whole lot like Gerald McCraney? <laughs> and then we ended up talking for maybe like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. But my friend Daphne was filling the whole thing. She was a little ways behind me with her phone. And when I got back to her, she was like, he really liked you. He was talking back. And I was like, see, no, it wasn't him. It wasn't. Here's the thing. That was not Gerald McCraney. So, oh, my gosh. My favorite thing about the story is that you were like, I need to tell him how he has impacted I, my life. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, like, I felt like it was a, for such a time as this moment that the Lord had given me to encourage him oh and to let him gosh. know that there was one particular episode that had ministered to me. I mean, I was all in. I don't know what that was about, except some humility for oh me, for sure. Oh, my gosh. What episode were you going to tell him ministered to him from This Is Us? It was the one where his wife died, and it oh, showed him going yes. grieving Death. And it just laid me out. Oh. And so I was, listen, I was going to affirm, <laughs> I was, I was going to bless. Exhort. Well, if the real Gerald is listening. Yes. Which, Wait, Jamie, let's, which, be, honest. let's, let's be, honest. be honest. He probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He'll get the gist of the things from our show today. That is hilarious. Okay. So people know that we just spent a week in Kenya together, which yes. this was both of our first times to the country of Kenya. And we traveled with Compassion International, which you have traveled with them before. It was my first time with them. Although Aaron and I have been Compassion supporters and fans of their ministry and all they do for 10 years now. And so we just love what they do. But it was super exciting to travel to another country in Africa because this is your second country. Am I right? 
Yes, I went to Uganda back in 2000, I think it was 2008 with Compassion. This was my second time to go to Africa with them. But I was like you, crazy about Kenya, just so crazy about the country and the people. I thought it was just phenomenal. The people were so kind. And when I think about the people, I like I think about our church experience. I know that was right. a really great experience for both of us. But yes. that's where I just felt so just welcomed and loved by the Kenyan people there. So what Sophie and I did is we went with Compassion and they took us to a bunch of their different child development centers. Did I say that right? Right, that they do through the local churches in Kenya. Yes, right. so Compassion goes in and you, Sophie, you correct me if I'm wrong because um, you've been speaking on behalf of Compassion for a while, but Compassion goes in and they work within a local church. So a local church will be in a neighborhood, a community, and Compassion will come in and partner with that church. And then that church has people within them that say, you know what, we're going to find the neediest of the neediest of the kids in our specific community. And then they join the community. They join the center for that specific center. And then that's where they're partnered with Compassion. Right. That was really good, Jamie. Well, thank that was, you. That was impressive. <laughs> thank you so much. So we got to visit three different centers while we were there. And the very first one was in the slum. And that yes. was an experience. Am I right? It really was. I have tried a couple of different times to explain to people since I've been home exactly mm -hmm. what that was like. And in a way, it was the strangest thing because I, and I think you felt this way too. When you were with the kids, it felt so hopeful, mm -hmm. you know, and it was so encouraging. And I, I felt like I saw that day, one of the greatest teachers I have ever seen in front of a group of kids just at work. I mean, really inspiring those kids and motivating those kids. And so when you were in, in the church, you, you could have been anywhere, mm -hmm. but it was really when we walked out of that church and we walked into the community that you really kind of got an idea of just how profoundly desperate that situation is. It was unlike anything I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, it kind of made me think like the way that, and, and I'll put some pictures up on the show notes to show you a couple things we're talking about, but the way that the center was, it almost felt as if it was on a hill because when we walked in the sun, we went down a little bit and it makes right. me think of just, you know, scripturally, we talked about like, you know, you cannot hide the light on the city on a hill. Mm -hmm. And it felt like that almost. I mean, it felt like when we were in the center, in the church, that there was light, there was hope, there mm -hmm. was love and all these things. And then literally, no lie, we walk out, we go through the doors, we go around the corner, and then we start walking down into the slum, and it just felt different. Oh, it was so different. I still think back on that, and I think about what it must be like to be a kid who's growing up in that environment, and just how do you ever see your way out of it? How do you ever know that getting outside of that is even a possibility? Because it's all you know, it's all you see. Right. And, and I was even curious, one time we were talking with one of the people and they said how fast the slum is growing, like people are moving in so much. And I just thought to myself, why are people moving in? Like why, what's happening? And then they explained it, that jobs are so hard to find and all the things that are happening in the larger city. So it's like a last resort. And so right. people are it's, having to leave mm -hmm. their land or what they have and head to the slum to raise their family. Right, because it's one of the only affordable options. Right. Because inflation's so bad and unemployment's so bad and all those things that if you want to have a consistent, steady place to call home, you kind of have to go with, with that option in a lot of cases. Yeah, and so you had your son, Alex. I had one of my boys, Deacon. And Alex, is he 14? He's 14. 14, and my Deacon is 11. Well, he would say 11 and a half if he was sitting sure. here. So. Hey, you, get, you get that half in. It's important. I wonder what age it is that you start caring about the half, because right now I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I just want to stick with 39 for as long as I can. There's no 39 yeah. and a half. Yeah, no, uh-uh. Uh -uh. No, we're going to round down for <laughs> yes, a little while. exactly. Uh -huh. So we both had our kids with us. 
And I was, I mean, we just got thrown in. This was our first day, right? Like just thrown in to see what we could see. And as an adult, we handle it differently. But my son, what I noticed, Sophie, and I'd love to hear about how Alex was with this. When listening to Deacon describe it, when we got home, we went through the pictures with all of our family and everything. It was really sad to him. It really was. But you know what? He talked a lot because we went into a family. I know you did as well. We went and visited a family in the slum who their girls are in the Compassion Project. And what he talked about more than he talked about with what he saw outside of that family's house was the hope that the mom had because her kids were in the center. Yes. That's what Deacon came home with. Yes. Yeah. And one thing that I've heard him say several times is just you see that joy is not restricted like, and you see that light is not restricted by what seems overwhelmingly dark. Yeah. I mean, he's talked about the same thing about just how, like, the mom that we saw was so happy to have a place for her family to live. And then she was so grateful to have a place for her daughter who was in the Compassion Center to go and learn and be in community and just have some of those basic needs met that oh. are such a struggle for them. I loved seeing it with Deacon there and with Alex. It was fun to have a younger perspective on the trip as well. The mama's house that we went to that trip, she has twins, which did you notice how many, and I don't know why I think that twins only exist in America. That's so dumb. Did you notice how many twins we saw? We did see a lot of twins. Brian, the child we sponsor, he has a twin sister. I don't know if you knew that because you didn't come out there with us. He has a twin sister. I think I vaguely remember that, you know, that was the day when you, I had a little bit of a, a little episode with the roads and the van and the, and the bumps. Oh, so, okay. Was, you you kind of needed a moment. They told us when we were in the car one time, Carol was with us and she said, we call this the, uh, like, I, I'm going to mess it up. But she said something like a road to heaven. She goes, the right. bunks will shake the hell out of you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dying. Yeah. I okay. would say that was, that was accurate. Remember when we got in the van, though? Like, who's car sick? Who's car sick? We're all like, no, no, no. I was like, I'm car sick. <laughs> I'll sit in the back. I'm never car sick. I don't know this car sick of which you speak. <laughs> I will be fine. But, you know, when we got on that road, I don't know how long I thought we were going to be on the road, but I, it was around 15 minutes in my head. That was the maximum time. <laughs> well, they we just said on- it's just a little bit. I it's mean, just a little bit. We yeah. just got to be on a, on, a, on a dirt road for just a little bit. Right. And we're on that road for 90 minutes. And then I think like 20 minutes in, we're like, are we out? Yeah, just a little bit longer. Just, yeah. And then finally, I, I think maybe after like 40 minutes, I was like, how much longer? <laughs> and then Trevor said, just a bit, just a bit. <laughs> I honestly, like that's the one time in my adult life when I can remember being in a situation where I was actively over a significant period of time calling on the name of Jesus. Just like, please, Jesus, God, Lord. Jesus, God, please help me, God, right now. If I get out of this van, I will never get back in it. I will live with the Messiah people forever and always. I'm done. What was the worst thing in your mind that would have happened? Besides throwing up all over myself? (laughs) Is that it? (laughs) Uh, Well, Deacon was right in front of me. So I really, like, I was like, if I throw up on Deacon, that's going to be traumatic for him. Yeah, I think it was just, it was like the thought that I was going to get sick, that I wasn't going to be able to stop it. You know what I mean? Because once you start, you feel, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not like where we would have stopped. They'd be like, oh, let me walk over here and get you some water. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And it's also not like when we get around this curve up here, it's all going to be better. I don't know if you remember, but we drove by a power plant and they had paved like 
about 300 yards of uh-huh, road. Uh-huh. And it was such a tease because <laughs> like we turned onto that. And I was like, ah, and then as soon as you kind of exhaled, it was like, no, uh-uh, we're back on the, we're back on the bumpy. Oh bumpy my gosh. Road. And you're right. There was no end in sight. I mean, when we mm. stopped driving, it was like the last bump and then we stopped and we were there. Yes. And then you turn around and more. Like, I just want to explain. It was not like a steady, like what we're accustomed to a bumpy road being. It was, it was a herky jerky deal. It yes. was big bump, stop, veer to the right, big bump. Like it was very, I, I don't, there was, there was no consistency of speed. Mm-hmm. So it constantly felt like somebody was mashing the gas. <laughs> letting up, mashing the gas, letting up. So it was a lot of back and forth. Yeah. I mean, we were in a big safari vehicle for that reason. It it was like we were off-roading for 90 minutes. It was significant is what I will tell you. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. That was was, the important part of the conversation. Let me tell you. It was entertaining. When we were driving, I'm looking straight ahead. And you know how you can feel people behind you and you feel kind of what's happening? I'm feeling that you're not feeling well, right? Sure. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I remember I turned around and looked at you and I was like, are you okay? And you didn't look at me. You just looked straight ahead and shook your head twice. No. And I said, okay, I'm gonna let her be because if I don't feel well, I don't want people looking at me. But you honestly had this look like, no, I'm not okay. Don't talk to me. I got my eyes straight ahead or else something's gonna happen. Yeah. I was locked in on that right. <laughs> I was locked in. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. But that's the day that we went to the church. Yes. Which was unbelievable. Was that one of your favorite centers we visited? Oh, for sure. I loved it. Yeah. I, I would say probably the day that really had my heart was the next day when we went to the yeah. old church mm-hmm. in the mountains, just because of, I think, the the work that they did with the moms and the, the kids there. And because the woman who runs that Compassion Center, I felt like we almost had job parallels because, you know, I work with teenage mm-hmm. girls at a high school here in Birmingham, and I kind of felt like we had parallel lives a little bit. So it was really interesting to me to see how she loved on those women and ministered to them. But I think every day was kind of a highlight for different reasons. Uh-huh. You know, I loved every day yeah. just because of the unique things that we got to see kind of in action in those places. Yeah, it was great. So that day that we went to the church is actually a day that Deacon and I met the child that we sponsor, Brian. And I want to talk in just a minute about you and Alex's next day meeting Joseph, right? Right. Yeah. So that day we were at the church, we met, and that's when we were at the Maasai people, which, you know, the National Geographic, you see the Maasai people. It's true. It's all true. Like the amount of jewelry, the earrings, the beautiful draping, the music, the dancing. It's all exactly as I expected. And it was just wonderful. But that's the day that Deacon and I went out to meet the child that we sponsor, Brian. Thank you. Brian has a mother in America and a mother in Kenya. Demi. Demi. Let me tell you, Sophie, I felt, this is how I described it, Brian's family was amazing. So before we went on this trip, Bree, she was our troop leader, she sent me a group of kids that need to be sponsored. And so Deke and I, we picked one out to sponsor. We also sponsor a girl from Peru and a boy from Haiti. So this was like our third kid. Deacon picked him out. It was so fun. We were so excited to meet Brian. And we saw him at the church that morning and he was so shy. I mean, 
painfully shy. He which, was so shy. I mean, yes. scared to death, I'm sure. You know, here we are, like, all in his face. I'm, like, kissing him. Deacon looks at me. He's like, stop kissing him, Mom. It's too much. And well, so, <laughs> you, just, you just had to love on him. I just wanted to love on him. And, I mean, it was such a—it was an honor to me. So we get to his house. And, Sophie, let me tell you, the whole family meets us. And Brian's dad—I'm going to put some video up on the webpage because you guys have to see it to believe it. Brian's dad was— a character to whereas I felt as though I had stepped in with like it was I was in a movie scene is what I felt like he was so just like over the top kind and happy and welcoming I mean I felt as though I have now found my second home he welcomed me and he actually told me next time you're in Kenya please stay with us when you come back to Kenya again, no, you should know that you have a family. Yeah, give the We are very happy. Thank you. Very happy. Thank you. Very happy. So I love it. I, I, I wish I had met him. I'm so sad I didn't. I don't know if I'd get back in the car to head to his village oh, after that. Wow. But I have a guest room. He even showed me a room in his house where I could stay. But Deacon and I met his family. And literally, all I could think about was, Deacon and I, we're going to write Brian. And he's five. Do you know how many years we have of this far uh, away no. investing? And our investing is monetary through compassion, but also encouragement through letters. And when I think about that, I literally feel an honor to be a part of something much bigger than myself. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, wow. for sure. Well, you think about it. I mean, most of our memories come from, and we all have a few memories from early on, but the bulk of our memories come from the time we start kindergarten or, you know, mm-hmm. first grade around five, six years old. And so his whole life, so many of his memories are going to be connected to y'all. You know what I mean? Y'all will walk through every stage of his life with him just from a distance. From a distance. And you know what? I know before I started being involved with Compassion, I used to think that the letter writing was a joke. And I'll tell you, the very first home we went in and we talked to a mom and they told us that they have Compassion sponsors. And she's like, we write, but they've never written us back. And my mm. heart broke. And then we would see other kids who they'd be like, here's a stack. My compassion sponsor is Joan and she lives in Iowa. You know, I mean, like they knew and they remembered. So you really do get to be a part of their growing up. Weird as it sounds, it's actually true. I saw it with my own eyes. Hey, when we were in Uganda, I mean, this was nine years ago, but we were leaving a church and this little boy ran up to me and was like, he was yelling and I couldn't, I, I, thought, I thought I'd done something. I didn't know what was wrong. So I got down close to him so I could understand what he was saying. And he was saying, Troy Dobbs, Troy Dobbs, USA is my sponsor. And sure enough, there was a man named Troy Dobbs who was in Texas. He was his sponsor. And I was so struck by that, that like in the middle of rural village in Uganda, there was this kid calling out the name of a man who lived in Texas who sponsors him. That is so cool. But but, that he knew him, you know, Mm -hmm. that there's a real relationship there. And so it's really neat. Well, when I met Brian's family that day, literally... If I looked at the whole trip, it means so much to me to meet mm-hmm. the family, to be able to correspond with Brian, but then also just to be like, man, what we get to give every single month of our money, it really is making a difference because compassion steps in and they look at the whole child. You know, Brian's going to get mm-hmm. medical care. He's going to get schooling. His family, if they have a need, they're going to step in. If they have a need, they'll let us know that they have a need. They're looking at releasing them from poverty and helping them like get a trade job and go to university. And so 
I can't wait, you know, for like 15 years later to see what Brian is doing and how it affects his whole family. Yeah, because it will affect his whole family. Mm -hmm. It really will. They'll all have access to medical care. And I think the biggest thing of all is that constant connection to the local church, Yeah, which is a game changer. It's a game changer. And you and I both believe the local church is a really big asset in the entire world. And so it was great Mm -hmm. to see that happen. It was great to see. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Life doesn't have a pause button. That's why Capella University's FlexPath learning format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt at 3 a.m., at all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Okay, yeah. so the next day, we had another bumpy road, but not as bumpy. Like, not as long. No, not, not minutes. as long. That's exactly right. And I had the good sense to sit on the front row the next day. We went to the little church in the mountains that I loved just for the way that they cared for those moms of little ones and their little ones, I thought was precious. It was precious. And the way that the dads have also jumped in at that church was great. And so our family, we we have three children that we sponsor through Compassion that we have sponsored. One that we started sponsoring this past Christmas, but then we've had two before that. So we didn't sponsor another child before we went to Kenya because we'd just gotten another mm-hmm. one back at Christmas time. But we ended up with this family the day that we went to the church in the mountains with this mom named Ruth and her little boy named Joseph, who was eight months. He will go into the Compassion system when he's a year old. And there was no doubt when we met him that we were going to see how we could work that out so we could sponsor Joseph. Because again, for him to go into compassion at one, for us to be able to start that sponsorship at that stage in his life and then know that we could potentially sponsor him for the next 18, 19, 20 years, it was the sweetest thing. And just a precious little nugget. Oh my goodness, he was a nugget. And does he have any siblings? I don't remember Joseph. He had yeah, he does have a sibling. He has an older sister named Sharon. Okay. And a mom named Ruth. And his dad is a welder, but has to go into town every day to try to find work. Mm. So that's always, I think, a little dicey, not knowing if he's going to be able to find that work or not. But but we just fell in love with their little family. And so um by the time we left, we were like, okay, we'll sponsor one more. How is that for Alex? Oh, he loved it. I think it was really cool for him to see, like, not just to say, okay, well, we sponsor Wilter in Ecuador, but Mm -hmm. like to sit in Joseph's house and to see where Joseph plays and to meet Joseph's mama and to see, like, she took us in the kitchen and showed us how she starts a fire when she's, you know, got to heat up water for Joseph or cook for her family. And I just think that that it's a whole different kind of connection when you actually see the place where they live and you 
it's flesh and blood you touch. And so it was like that for Deacon as well when we went to Brian's mm -hmm. house. I mean, it really made an impact much more than the picture that you get, you know, when you sponsor a child. Did Joseph's mom, did she have a garden? She had the most beautiful garden. This is the um, thing. Were you just blown away? Yes, it was unbelievable. Okay, so the, the, that church, that particular church, makes sure that the moms who are part of the Compassion Center there have access to seeds. So they give them spinach seeds and kale seeds and carrot seeds and really train them in how to garden. They go to these houses and make sure these moms know how to care for their families. And so anyways, Ruth has been given all these seeds through Compassion and so just had the most gorgeous garden that was such a source of pride for her, but such, a, I mean, obviously such a help to her family. Mm. And so that was such a chickens and that gorgeous garden. And you just think about that phrase, little as much, like we think, oh, well, they're giving them seeds. That's great. You know, whatever. But then when you see literally the fruit of that, it's the coolest thing just to see how those moms are so empowered by what they learn and by that community that they have with each other. It was really yeah. neat. Yeah. And I have heard the saying, you know, you'll change your community through changing the women there. And so that was so evident that I think I like what you just said, how the moms felt empowered. And if that's something that comes with lack of resources and poverty, you have no power. You have no ability to do anything or to change. And so I love that compassion is coming in, in that particular center that we saw and like really empowering these women to care for their yes. families because that changes generations, you know? For sure. They were telling us about the table loans and about how now the moms yes. are investing in each other. And so they may make, like Ruth, Joseph's mama, might make some money by selling some of the vegetables that she grows. But that those moms are sharing what they earn with each other to invest in each other's businesses. So they're being trained. Some are taking beauty classes. Some are doing different craft things to make money. There's computer training, all that kind of stuff, but that they're investing in each other. Yeah. I love. The house I went to, I asked her, I said, have you done any table loans? And she looked at me like, crazy. She's like, yeah, of course. Hello. <laughs> it's what we do. I love that as well. Okay. I'm excited about you guys sponsoring Joseph. Yay. And don't you have an uncle Joseph, you said? I had uh, my uncle Joe passed away several years ago, but his namesake is Alex's first cousin, Joseph. Aww. We have some Josephs in our family. And oh. so... Super excited about it. Love I just, it, love it. Just for him to be an official compassion child at one and that we're just going to be with him every step of the way. I love so how I'm they changed excited. that as well. I think that was so brilliant on their part. So that the um, kids can come in yes, at once. Yes. I agree. Because so much like developmentally on all aspects, you know, physical, mental, all those things happen early in the childhood. And so great stuff happening there. Okay, Sophie, we yes. also were super, super like... It was a great opportunity. We got to go on a safari. We got to go on a safari. I'm going to tell you what. Okay, wait. We need to we need to pause for one moment because I saw something on your on your Instagram story. What do you call it? Insta story, uh -huh, Instagram yeah, story. Uh -huh. I don't know the lingo. Yeah. Okay, so one thing I'm just going to tell you a little bit. Like, never one time on the trip did you turn down an opportunity to go to the restaurant. <laughs> like, okay, not one time. Anytime <laughs> we got ready to leave anywhere, so you might need to go to the bathroom. You were always like, "Yep." Yeah, um, just give me a minute. Yeah. Here's the thing. You're gonna. Uh -huh. I'm gonna start crying. I'm gonna be laughing so hard. Here's uh -huh. the thing. I am so. This is evident as to what happened yesterday in my life. I am so worried that it's gonna hit me out of nowhere, and I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom, right. and I'm just gonna like. I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> so right. well. 
So I saw I saw your your Instagram story, and I was like, "Well, see, that was really wise." See, you're but, thankful. Yeah, because apparently that is a real thing that happens. Where maybe yesterday. You should have taken advantage of an earlier opportunity. I'm you telling you, when we leave the house and we've been gone for 20 minutes and my daughter says, I have to go to the bathroom, it literally makes me mad. I'm like, we were just home. And then yesterday I went on a run. That was my first problem. I went on a run. I'm trying like every six months I run for like three days, try to get back in shape. Right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you do? I went on a run at like 4.30 in the afternoon, which is close to death here in Texas. It's so hot. And I feel like, I'm coming close to my house. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. That's okay. I'll make it. I'll make it. Like, and then like a little bit comes out and then like literally I get on my driveway and Sophie, I, I cannot, I can't stop. I just, I peed all over myself. Like literally. Ain't it, no stopping it. No stopping it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> did you hear what I said about the horse? Yes. Aaron like, didn't get it. But you know if you're riding a horse and you turn to go towards the barn, like, they just go. They can't stop, right? That's how I felt my body was. It's like, we're almost home. We cannot stop. It's coming out. I just, I, it took me a minute because you were like, I have to show you what happened. And I'm like, oh, gosh, Jane got really hot when she was running. <laughs> Jane is showing us her crotch sweat. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I was like, okay, she was, it was really warm. And then when you said it, I was like, oh, she did not go to the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. I did not take advice. I and and listen, I, I you're a champ because I, not only did I ask to go to the bathroom every time there was one, I had multiple pit stops in just a hole in the ground. And, well, and you held that in. I'm I'm gonna tell you, I may regret it. Like I, <laughs> oh I was yeah, not, I was not sure it was such a wise course of action all the time, but I there were just a a few times when I was really humbled, <laughs> um, and I just I hit my I hit a limit. Like <sighs> I just I hit a limit. That so, was, that, you know, I was mainlining water the day that we left because I was scared <laughs> I had done some sort of irreparable damage to myself. Oh, my gosh. It's Those very, toilets in the ground. I mean, but you know what? The funny thing is, that is like, that's a huge thing for them. They will put, that is a huge thing for the center to have that toilet because otherwise it's nothing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's, and yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's such a gift. Yeah. It was just we're so it's we're not so our used, norm. It's not our norm, and so yeah. I mean, I mean, people here have squatty potties, and so there's no. Do you know what a squatty potty is? Wait, is that like what we like? What we were in that village? No, like where you no. where you squat down? I um uh, I had one of these because a guest told me about it on a show, so I immediately bought it on Amazon. Okay, this is I'm going to do this the best way I can. It's a thing okay. that you put next to your toilet so that when you go to the restroom, and we're talking like you know like. <laughs> number two this is so awful you yeah. it, it, you kind of put your legs up on it and it's supposed to help it come out more naturally okay so it's like All you're right. squatting but you're sitting on the toilet okay okay so I All bought right. it and then put it in our bathroom I mean you just put it up against the toilet and like after a month Aaron was like this is the dumbest thing ever I'm throwing this away so we don't have one anymore but we used to but I have some friends who have them in every toilet you need to look this up when we get done Sophie squatty potty okay all right okay I, 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 <laughs> I have a feeling there's no turning back. There's no turning back. And I'm going to text you if you don't find it. There's a video of... Of what? <laughs> it's not a video of like someone using it, but is there a promo video and there's unicorns involved and all kinds of things. You're going to die, okay? I'll send it to okay. you. Okay. Okay. I can't wait. It's super fun. Oh my gosh.
Okay, friends, I know you're loving this conversation with Sophie, but let me take a few minutes of your time to thank our sponsors. First, I want to thank HelloFresh. Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code JamieIvy30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries when you subscribe. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so that you can focus on the whole experience and not just the final plate. Every week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks who are just short on time. Guys, they've got fresh ingredients. Here's one of my favorite parts. They are measured to the exact quantities that you need. So they do it so there's no food waste. But for me, it's awesome because I don't have to guess and I know I'm doing the right thing. HelloFresh employs two full-time registered dietitians who review each recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced. Guys, they deliver the food to your doorstep in a recyclable insulated box for free. And now they're offering light spring meals. And they just introduced breakfast options. It's basically less than $10 a meal. Guys, I love HelloFresh. I do it every time Aaron's out of town because cooking for me is not fun. It's not enjoyable. And I have an amazing husband. Happy anniversary tomorrow. I have an amazing husband who does most of our cooking. But for me, when I want good meals for my kids and I know I'm in charge of it, HelloFresh is always where I go. So right now, you can get $30 off your first week. Visit HelloFresh.com, enter code JamieIvy30. Guys, I'd also like to thank another sponsor for our show, and that is ZipRecruiter. Hey guys, any of you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Because here's what we do know. Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then with their powerful technology, efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the candidates finding you, but it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Here's the best, no juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. One more time. Try for free, ziprecruiter.com slash HH. All right, guys, here is the rest of my conversation with Sophie Hudson. We, how did we end up on squatty potties? We're talking about safari. I don't know. We went on a safari. We did for just a night. For just a it's night. A, and it was unbelievable. I told Aaron it might be in one of my top three most beautiful places I've seen. Hands down, it was top five for me. Okay. I mean, like, and I don't even really know what the other four are. Yeah. I just know. It was so beautiful, mm-hmm. yeah. so beautiful. That land, just the setting, it was crazy. It was crazy. How beautiful it was. Yeah. I remember, like, here's the deal. We've been to zoos, right? It's not the first time we've ever seen a giraffe, right. which I was worried that the beauty of it would be lost on Deacon because every animal we saw, literally we've seen them at the zoo, right? Sure. But it wasn't lost on him, thank goodness. But for me, the biggest thing was as we're driving around, of course, you know, I was very fearful the first day because I thought when we were driving that the lions would see us and think we were dinner like they would run towards us and then the guy yes Uh like i pictured them galloping towards the safari van and our driver trying to outrun them and then shooting them with a rifle that's what i pictured a safari was like and it wasn't but to me one of the most beautiful things was it just it felt very peaceful 
And all so of the peaceful. animals were just walking around doing their thing. They didn't care. We did not bother them. And, and you know, there are rules and stuff, but they were just doing their thing in their own environment. And it just felt for a split second, it felt like this is like how things are supposed to be. Like, does that make sense? Or you know no, what I mean? Because you were there. Yeah. And I think too, the, like just as our, as our guides, we have the best guides that were so informative about all the things that I did not pay attention to in high school and college. Right. <laughs> really like where I felt like I learned so much, but you just see too, like the great intention that God had when he designed every single thing and how all those things work together so beautifully in that environment, like just something else. I yeah. mean, it was so peaceful. Yeah. And I think too, after, you know, we'd had an emotional few days beforehand, I think there's a lot of stuff you're kind of thinking through and trying to make sense of. And so it was really neat to have that time just for us to be able to, sometimes we rode along because we went on three big rides. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we were laughing our heads off when we would ride and sometimes we'd be really quiet for a long time. But I thought both the boys stayed consistently so dialed into it. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I thought the same thing too about how God created all these things and they just kind of worked together. Like remember when we saw... We did actually get to see a very fresh kill of <laughs> these lioness and their cubs eating a zebra. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, it's so gross, that poor zebra, da da, da. But as our guide explained to us everything, it, it was so natural the way he worked. And he described all the different animals that would come. And then the next day we drove past and there was nothing left at that zebra. It was completely done. Nothing. Nothing, not a bone, nothing. And he explained everybody that would have come in and just how God created just that to sustain and keep going. And they all have their part and they all do their job. It was, it was really cool. And also how like the daddy line, and I think that's probably the official scientific (laughs) way to describe that Mm -hmm. daddy line. Mm -hmm. Remember, was it kind of across the road, a little farther away and how... They said that the mom very deliberately would not summon the daddy to right. come where the zebra was because then the daddy would dominate and yes. the children wouldn't get the food that they needed. And so daddy was off napping. Mama had the babies. And I don't know. It was really, it was interesting. It was really cool. Really cool. That was super fun to get to do that at Unwind. And Deacon and I had some great conversations just about what we saw with Compassion and everything. So it was a fun trip to Kenya. It was a fun trip to Kenya. It was I don't know. It was, I told you this on a couple of different occasions, but this last year has been something else just on a lot of levels. And I think it was just for me, that time in Kenya was such a reminder that the local church is alive and well and taking care of her people and that God is really at work in the local church in a lot of ways that we're not going to see or hear about on the news but in ways that are changing the lives of families, like you said, in ways that will ripple for generations. And that was enormously encouraging to me. I felt the same way. It was a really big honor to step into their congregations, into their centers, and to see the way that they are helping each other. Because remember the one where we went with the moms and the babies, we heard from the pastor there and not necessarily all those women attended his church when they went out and, and brought them in. So it wasn't just like they're looking within their church body saying, who can we help? They're looking within the community. In the community to see they can help. And that yeah. pastor, Pastor Paul was mm-hmm. so passionate about caring for women and children, which is my heartbeat too. And yeah. so I was so, it was so neat to see his conviction, you know, mm-hmm. about how much that matters. Yeah. Just breaking those bondage that he talked about, remember, from mm-hmm. generation to generation. It was really, really great. Mm-hmm. I loved it, I loved, loved it, it, loved it. <laughs> Sophie, have you recovered from the monkeys and the cashews? Okay. 
It was pistachios, Joe. Pistachios, sorry. Pistachio. Cajun flavor. Okay. Cajun flavor, <laughs> pistachios. Okay, so so we were we had been out. This is when we went to the place where the national park is, where we did the safari rides, and we were at dinner the first, well, the only night we were there. Uh-huh. And somebody came up to the table and said, in this very, very refined Kenyan accent, uh-huh. and said, who was in 27? <laughs> Which was our room. And I was just kind of like me. And it was apparently... Not the best news. <laughs> it was not the best news. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry the monkeys have gotten in your room. <laughs> and I thought it was a joke. I like, think we I, all did, honestly. I really thought that our friend Sean was playing a joke on me because I was so scared of the monkeys when we went to Uganda. When mm-hmm. we went, we went on a night safari in Uganda too. And I was very scared of the monkeys. And so I was just like, I'm sorry. And he's like, do you have any medication that the monkeys might have taken? <laughs> so I'm trying to put it all together. Just, ah. and and the, the place where we were staying, their rooms were kind of like tents. They uh-huh. were, I mean, they were structure, but you had zip up windows and all this kind of stuff. And it turns out, apparently, I had mistakenly, foolishly, taken a bag of pistachio notes with me to the place where we, we did the, the night of safari. And I, apparently, Jamie, the pistachios are very appealing to monkeys. <laughs> to How did point. they get in? Well, you remember I said, how did they get in? He said, oh, the monkeys are very clever. <laughs> uh, but apparently he said whoever had zipped up one of the windows uh-huh. of the tent didn't lock it down oh. like they should have. And so I don't know if the monkeys just sniffed out the pistachios. But the next morning, by the time we got back, they had straightened up everything because I was worried like that our passports were destroyed and it was pouring down rain and you just kind of have this vision that the monkeys I, have dragged all your stuff out. I envision them like from the Jungle Book, like they've got like my bras on and they're like swinging <laughs> panties around and yes. that's what I envisioned. <laughs> and so it all looked so normal when we got back to the tent. Well, the next morning we ran into one of the men who, I think he had taken our luggage down that day, but anyway, he said... Clothes were strewn everywhere. <laughs> like they just got in there and they were just digging through. Oh my Where gosh! So oh, but you didn't lose anything. No, besides no, pistachios. Besides, besides pistachios, which. I mean, I should have known. I mean, and the reason it was so, it wasn't funny to you at the table at all. But the reason it was a little bit funny afterwards is because you had told us earlier the measures you had gone to when you'd gone to to keep monkeys out of your room. Right. That we thought would work. (laughs) And so, and I said, what's to keep the monkey from coming back? Right. He won't won't come in if y'all, if there are people in that room. Okay. But yeah, that was something else. Oh my gosh. I was really just worried about our passports. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh. just a just a tip <laughs> for your listeners: should you ever find yourself, you know, maybe in Kenya, a, a jungle, <laughs> a jungle type area where there are some monkeys, maybe just leave all your your various tree nuts at home. Yes. Maybe- Yes. I mean, don't take those. Oh, my so. gosh. I'm glad that you're laughing about it now on the other side, a week out. Yeah, I don't, it was a little funny to me at the time, but it was, I felt so stupid. Like, I felt just like, Like, well, you felt like you'd done something. Yeah, that was uh, the dumbest thing I've ever done. Like, yeah. I, why did I take pistachio nuts with me? <laughs> and... Like, why did I think of the monkeys? Hey, we had nuts in our room, so it was just like they got to yours first. Yeah, we did. It was because mine were Cajun flavors. Yes, mine were just normal (laughs) cashews, so they passed it by. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mine were were a little bit more. I didn't know you had cashews. I feel better now. Okay, I should have told you. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, we had normal flavored cashews. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, that was so much. It was so much fun. 
So much fun. So much fun. Yeah. It was a beautiful yeah. time all the way around in Nairobi. And then in our night out in the countryside, it was a game changer. And then traveling home for, you know, 87 hours. It was awesome. It's it was a long awesome. way home. It's a long way home. I tell you, like our flights were packed. Yes. Packed, packed, packed. I'm super, super thankful that you got to come on here and us talk about compassion because, you know, we've sponsored a child through compassion over 10 years and he used to be an artist that traveled and spoke for them. But I tell you what, we heard about compassion for about three years before we sponsored a child. And for us, it was just like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. But it took us a while to realize, oh, we can actually be a part of something like this. And so I, I think it's really cool that you and I got to be there and we get to tell people about it. Because for me, sometimes it just takes like, if there's someone I know and I trust that's seen something with their own eyes, I'm like, okay, I trust you more. And so I know that your people and my people I'm just happy that we get to share our experience with them and tell them like how much we love compassion and how much we trust them and value what they do. Yeah. And how they, I mean, they really are making such a difference in the communities where they serve and where they partner with the local church. And I think because what they do is in cooperation with the local church, I just think it's huge because it, I, it enables the local church in remote rural areas to serve a little bit more expansively than they might be able to just, you know, of their own accord their outreach is a little bigger, significantly bigger, mm -hmm. even you would say. And I don't know, it's the coolest thing to see the church function as we know it was meant to function. Yeah, yeah. And for the local church to be a safe place, a life-giving place for those kids and for their families mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah, and the pastor even said something that we see Jesus say before. He's like, meet people's needs and you can tell them about the gospel. I'm not mm -hmm. quoting Jesus on that, but you know what I mean? He talks about like meeting people's needs and they are doing that. You know, they're going out and meeting physical, emotional, even mental and educational needs. And then they get to tell them about Jesus. And that's beautiful that they get to be a part of that. And I think, do you remember at the little church in the mountain when we were walking back behind the, were we walking together then where the dads had started the nursery? I did see that. Okay. Some dads have been so touched by what Compassion has done for their wives and for their kids that they have actually now are partnering with that church. And they've started a nursery where they plant little trees and saplings and all those things. And so now the dads are using that church land as a place to build a business that will help them generate income for their families. And so Love it's it. just neat to see how the church has built credibility with those dads through the way that they've ministered to the wives and the babies. I love it. And one thing that Sean told me that I didn't know this is that Compassion's goal is to not be there forever. I mean, you know, Compassion wants right. to, to come in, partner with the church, and the church is in control of what's happening. And then Compassion wants to be able to leave and let them do their thing. And he was telling about some specific centers that Compassion has left that they've been there for a really long time. And then the church is making such an impact that the need is not as great anymore. And Compassion actually was able to leave. And I thought, well, that is beautiful. I mean, it really is. I don't know. I just, there's something about that that just makes sense. You yeah. know, it just makes sense that if you want to make a difference in a community, you empower the local church to know the needs and meet the needs of yeah. the people there. And so, I don't know. It's awesome. Love it. Love it. Sophie, it was so great to travel with you, but I, I don't want to let this hour go by without telling everyone that you have a new book coming out. We didn't even talk about it, but I know, I know. You actually said, we don't have to talk about it. And I said, yes, we do. But you have a devotional that comes out August 1st, all in all. And let me tell you, it's beautiful. Yes, it's for teenage girls. I mean, kind of all age teenage girls. Yeah, it's called All in All, and it's 100 journaling devotions for girls to walk through over the course of 100 days or a year, however they want to use it. 
What does it mean, journaling devotional? It means that like there's a devotional every day that I wrote. And then after every devotional, there's a scripture passage to read. And then there are five or six questions to answer, just to respond. Got it. Got it. Typically, there are five questions to respond to, just to kind of get you thinking. And I used to always love to write. You know, when I was a teenager, I I loved to have my good pens and I like to write things down and I like to keep track of all my thoughts. And so just kind of a a place for girls to put what's going on in their hearts and their heads and really just to chronicle God's faithfulness to them and what he's teaching them and what he's showing them and how he's loving them. And hopefully it'll be something that they'll carry with them through a few stages of their lives and that will be meaningful to them in terms of just tracing God's faithfulness in their lives. So I'm excited about it. Well, I love it. It's beautiful. And I know it'd make a good gift for anyone going off to college as well. It's so pretty. And as a mama to a girl, I really appreciate quality stuff getting put out for our girls that are growing up. So thanks for doing that. I know you get lots of practice with these devotionals since you love teenage girls and work with them every day. I do love teenage girls and I love working with teenage girls. And I, I don't know, I just feel... I was telling a friend of mine earlier today, I had to go to the doctor earlier this week and I saw a nurse practitioner who was a good bit younger than I am. And I just wanted to cheer on like the whole time <laughs> because I just, I love seeing younger women and I love seeing teenage girls, whatever the age is, I love seeing them step into that thing that God has for them. And I think it's our job as the ones who are ahead of them to cheer them on and to to do everything we can just to encourage them. And so it's just kind of my heartbeat a well, little bit. And so I love it. Super excited about it. I love it so much. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed, and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Sophie, I didn't even tell you I was going to ask this, but what are you reading these days? Ooh, you know what? I, I think I'm reading what I was reading on the trip. I started because I like to know a lot of times with my girls that I work with, I kind of pay attention to what they're reading sometimes, and I'll think, oh, I'm going to go back and see what that's all about. So right now I'm reading the Selection Series, this young adult fiction that a lot of them are reading. So right now I'm reading a book called One that's in that selection series. Do you like it? I do. I mean, keep in mind, there's it's one thing to read those books when, when you're 14, and it's uh-huh. another thing to read those <laughs> books when you're in your 40s. Uh, right. But I do kind of love, I love knowing what they're reading. Yeah. And then I've bought, but I have not started what I saw you read, which is The Hate You Give. Uh, yes. Um, That's next on deck for me. You're going to love it. I don't need to tell you this, but I always give the other people, it has some language in it and it's a really heavy subject. So go with that and know that it's coming. But man, I loved that book. Loved it. So that's next, probably a little different than the selection series. It is. It is. Okay. I want to tell you, I recently read The Art of Racing in the Rain. Yes. I think I told you about it. It's by Garth Stein. And it's all told from the point of view of a dog. 
And so it sounds cheesy, I know. And I haven't read it because it sounded cheesy to me, but I picked it up at a thrift store and I threw it in my bag and I read it and I absolutely loved it. I cried through it and it was so good. It was such a fun summer fiction read right there, The Art of Racing the Rain. And if you have dogs, you literally will never look at them the same. Like you will, oh. you will, you will read this book and you will look at Hazel and you'll be like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? You will totally change. Hazel is always thinking the leaves are trying to destroy us. <laughs> the leaves are coming to get us. Oh, so the raindrops are coming after me. That's what Hazel's. <laughs> That's Hazel's. Well, you know, Hazel's I was a little neurotic. <laughs> she's a little neurotic. Oh, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Sophie, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Jamie, thanks for having me. I hope your summer is restful. I'm so sorry you had the flu. The flu is the worst. It's the worst in the summer. Well, I've never had the flu in the summer until now. And so I am learning. It is not necessarily Mm going to be at the top of my lineup for next year. I can tell you that. Have you just watched a bunch of TV? Just like everything. I have seen. And you know what's so funny? Not only have I watched television, but I have not watched DVR stuff. So I've seen all the commercials. Like I didn't have any idea. (laughs) So now I've found out that there's a new moisturizer for crepey skin called Crepe Away. (laughs) Like, I've got all these things. I Who feel would like have I known? Yes. I, know, I would have never known if not for the flu. Well, thank you, Flu so, 2017, for a crepe away. So I've watched a lot of Fixer Upper. I've watched a lot of Chopped. I've watched a lot of HGTV and all the infomercials. And I'm telling um, you, all caught the up. The flu is not fun. Not fun. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your summer. And thanks for chatting with me about how much we loved our trip to Kenya. And your new book and everything that's coming out. I know. Compassion's the best. So, all right, Sophie, have a great summer. You too. Tell Deacon we said hey. I will. Okay. Talk to you. Sophie, thank you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Guys, I loved chatting with Sophie. I want to thank our last sponsor of today, and that is Get V. What? If you had someone to tell you how to work out all the time, my answer is yes, please. V, an AI personal trainer in earphones, has your workout motivation covered. V coaches you to goals, encouraging you every step of the way. It is true. She actually says in my ears, Jamie, you're doing a great job. Find V at getv.com slash happy. That's G-E-T-V-I dot com slash happy. Guys, I love chatting with Sophie. Literally, I love her. And let me tell you, you all know already that Sophie is hilarious, but I want you to know that she is downright passionate about the local church about women knowing their worth and about Jesus changing lives. It was a true honor to travel with her and her son, Alex, and to have her back to chat about our trip. If you wanna listen to the first time that she was on, go back in the archives and find episode number 54. And she was on happy half hour number eight. Guys, if you are feeling moved by what Sophie and I talked about with what Compassion is doing, I would encourage you to go check out compassion.com slash happy hour. Right there, you can sponsor a child. And I'm telling you, it's $38 a month. And I promise you, you can mark my word. You will never miss that $38 a month. Compassion.com slash happy hour. All right, as promised, here is my short 10-minute conversation with Shauna about the book club choice for this month, A Fierce Love. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening to Sophie and I chat. And right now I have a special little guest, and that is Shauna Shanks. And Shauna is the author of our July book club. Hi, Shauna. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Okay, so we're doing the book club. Right now it's June. We're in the middle of The Turquoise Table by Kristen Schell. And in fact, we just had our June book club just a few nights ago. And so 
now we're getting into July and we're going to read your book, A Fierce Love. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm super excited to be part of the book club. I can't believe it's like mid-June already. What the heck? I know. Life happens fast. And so we got to get all the books in we can. Okay, so I get all kinds of press releases for books. And something came in about your book and I've never uh, met you before. I've never seen anything you've done, but your cover caught my eye. Let me tell you, I love your book cover. They did such a great job on that cover. And what I love about it is I feel like it's consistent with the book because infidelity is kind of where I started writing the book. And that could be like a super heavy subject, but they took it and made it look beautiful. And yeah, I'm just thrilled with it. It's really pretty. It's so beautiful. So it caught my eye. And then we were playing the book club. I mean, there were a lot of things that went into the book club planning, but one of them was I wanted books that were new releases. And so yours just like it fit perfect for July. And so I'm super excited to be reading your book. And this is your first book. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. And it's not, it was like, it seems like I'm, I have not read one page of it because I'm going to read it with all the listeners in July. But it seems like this might have been a hard book to write. Give us a little elevator pitch about A Fierce Love. Well, my elevator pitch, um, which is funny because I actually had to do one because I went to a writer's conference and I interviewed with Zondervan. So, so yeah, I actually had to give one at one point. But so when my husband told me in 2013 that he wanted a divorce, I found out a few weeks later that he was having an affair. And normally, you know, I would have just thought, okay, if that ever happened in my marriage, that we would get a divorce and that would kind of be it. But the Lord really kind of intervened in that situation and cornered me into 1 Corinthians 13, which is funny because I actually kind of argued with him at the time with God. And I said, I don't want to go to 1 Corinthians 13. That's the love chapter. Everyone knows that. It's, you know, love is patient, love is kind, and all of those things. I already know how to do that. But in the context of finding out that my husband was having an affair and God taking me back to 1 Corinthians 13, Um, And actually doing those things step by step is actually a lot harder than I ever could have imagined that it would be hard to love my husband in that context. Jeez. I mean, yes, it's hard to love someone in that context when they haven't presented you with this horrible news, right? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I cannot wait. Would you describe this book as kind of memoirish, kind of like a storytelling event? It is a memoir and actually it wasn't hard writing. And I know that you mentioned that the reason it wasn't hard is because when God tells you that you need to be patient and kind and long suffering and enduring, I mean, all those things in first Corinthians 13, that restricted what I was allowed to say to my husband, because what I wanted to come out of my mouth wasn't any of those things. Right. We all know what you wanted to say. Right. Right. So I, I kind of took to journaling to get a lot of that out. And I think it ended up saving, you know, my husband from being badgered by me and wanting to ask him a million questions that he wasn't ready to answer. And, you know, we wouldn't have been able to have the capacity to process through. So I started journaling everything. So it was very therapeutic for me. And it was also, you know, if God asks you to do something, especially something hard like this, he is also going to empower you to do it. And I just felt like he gave me so much encouragement in that season. That's the kind of stuff that I was writing down. If God would whisper something to me in the quiet, I would know, like, I'm going to need this tomorrow when I face my husband. Uh. So I wrote that down. So instead of actually being a hard book to write, it was actually a really sweet season that I look back to fondly because you know, the Bible says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and He was sure near me in that season. And, 
you know, my husband and I emerged from this season just completely changed. Uh, okay, so if someone's listening and they're like, I want to be in the book club, but I've never been faced with the realities that Sean has been faced with. Sure. Is this book for everybody? I mean, I I think it is because regardless if you've ever faced infidelity in your marriage or even if you're, you know, not married, what I talk about in the book a lot is how Christians have to deal with hard things. You're going to deal with hard things. And I think that, you know, growing up when I watched people deal with hard things, like, they just crumbled, mm. you know, and they panicked. And, you know, I'm from, from Southern Ohio and we have like a huge heroin epidemic and the poverty rate is really high. And I'm just used to people crumbling when hard things happen. But when I read the Bible, not just as he suggests that we not do that, he tells us not to, and he gives us an identity in his word. Um, and it's us to us if we're going to stand true to his word and do what he says or not. And so for me, like, Instead of just being a suggestion of, you know, do not crumble in the season, it was kind of rebellion for me to go and wallow and be in self-pity when I knew that the word of God promises a way out of that. Mm. If that makes sense. It does totally make sense. And so I love that it can be for anybody. You know, I think this resonates a lot for us. One of my actually favorite shows I've ever done and one that gets a lot, a lot of attention is from when Jamie Nato was on. And that was episode number 68, if anyone wants to listen to that. But she walked through some similar circumstances like yours, and her and her husband are on the other side. And just the way that she spoke about those circumstances, I have a feeling is what we're going to get through reading your words as well. So I know that it will minister and encourage us women, even if we haven't walked through what you have walked through. Shauna, I cannot wait to dive into this book. I cannot wait. I can't wait just to continue on with the book club. It's been really exciting so far. Okay, so here's book club information. If you don't know, I've been talking about a lot this summer, but just in case you're just tuning in. So we have already done our June, or we're in the middle of our June book club. You can read it if you want, but jump in with us for July. And it's this book that Sean and I are talking about that she authored called A Fierce Love. The book actually comes out next Tuesday, but you can get it anywhere books are sold. I have it on my webpage, jamieivy.com. Go ahead and pre-order it now because here's why pre-orders are awesome. Because you think, oh, I'm going to forget or I'll get it later. But pre-order it now. It shows up in your mailbox when it's ready. You can get that at jamieivy.com. A Fierce Love by Shauna Shanks is our July book club reading, and we will start that on July 1st. Thanks, Shauna. Thank you. Guys, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is Kristen Schell, author of the June book club, The Turquoise Table. And then let me just tell you to hold on to July because we have amazing shows coming up for you there as well. Lisa, Virginia, Christy, Angela, all of those guys are here in July. And did that just sound like an LL Cool J song to anyone else but me? Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.